Hello, let's join Fred Kuhn in another problem-solving interview. Welcome, everybody, to Workplace Strategies. Our guest today is Paul Dillon. He is the CMC Dillon Consulting Services, and he's an adjunct instructor at the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University. And we're going to talk today about myths and veterans in the workplace and hiring veterans, something that all my listeners know uh, near and dear to my heart. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Fred. I'm delighted. You're very welcome. Now, everybody, you can check out his bio. I'm just going to give you a few. Let's start with the vets that are listening. Two uh, Bronze Star Medals, Vietnam First Lieutenant. That should tell a story in and of itself. He's 45 years in the professional services industry. He is the president, as I said, and CEO of Dillon Consulting Services, and it just goes on and on. He represents the nation's veterans community on the Kennedy Forum. He's quoted in uh, in issues of Forbes, Huffington Post, Chicago Tribune, Cranes, Chicago Business, and it goes on and on. So, Paul, let's get right down to the questions at hand here. And the first question I have for you is, what are some of the myths regarding veterans in the workplace? Thanks, Fred. I think just preliminary to that, some numbers are in order, and that's that... uh, I like numbers. The last calculation I have, about 2.77 million young men and women have volunteered to serve and been deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan with more than 6,900 killed and over 52,000 had been physically wounded. So that sets the stage for our discussion. But one of the myths that has been perpetrated by the media and Hollywood has only reinforced this is that every young person that comes home from these wars is broken in some way. And many are, there's no doubt about it that, and I'm not diminishing those who have physical or psychological wounds, invisible wounds, but it isn't everybody. And uh, the even according to the VA, the number of veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan that were diagnosed with post-traumatic stress ranges from 11 to 20 percent. But what's interesting is 78 percent of the general population is afflicted with the disease of uh, traumatic stress disorder. So veterans aren't exposed to post-traumatic stress in much greater numbers than occur in the general population. And while suicide is a terrible problem, and I don't mean to speak lightly of this because even one suicide is one too many. One oh, unbelievably horribly tragic uh, occurrence, you know, and the rates are increasing among the younger veterans coming home from these wars, and that's a problem in itself. But what isn't really brought out by the media is there's many older vets than there are younger vets, so that 60% of all veteran suicides in 2016, at least, last year, for which I have data, were from vets 65 and older. But the media portrays every vet coming home as broken in some way. Really, 
science uh, studies have shown that active duty and veteran population are more resilient than their civilian counterparts. In 2016, there was a veteran well-being survey performed by Edelman Intelligence. That's one of the research arms of the Edelman uh, public relations firm. And they concluded that 92% of employers believe that mental health programs are necessary to support veterans in their communities, but only 16% believe that veterans have good access to mental health support. And even more significantly, only 22% of civilians and 26% of employers believe that veterans are strategic assets, while only 20% of civilians and 32% of employers believe that it is important to view veterans in that way. And unfortunately, veterans agree with that. Of the veterans surveyed in the Edelman study, only 34% believe that veterans are viewed as strategic assets by companies or in their communities, with only 37% of veterans and military personnel believing that it is important to see themselves that way. So what are we, what are we really saying here, Paul? And in, in we got a lot of statistics. Boil it down for me. I'm sitting in front of a board of directors, and we're going to change our veteran hiring policy. What are you going to tell them? Not every veteran is broken. Don't believe what you see on uh, the evening news and that Hollywood, you know, kind of wants to portray. And and um, some are. And those people who have the diseases of post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury and substance abuse and Suicidality, those diseases need to seek help. They're curable diseases, or at least the symptoms can be alleviated, and they need to get over the stigma and reach out for help. The strong person does, the weak person hides it, but it isn't everybody, and don't be scared to hire a vet. Most of them were not in combat situations. My understanding is roughly 30% serve in combat roles, the rest in support roles, so they have not been damaged by their experience. You know, there's the reverse side of this coin, too, Fred. We view veterans in many instances as heroes, and some are. You know, look at the Medal of Honor winners that have come out of these recent conflicts, but most aren't. They just, they went about their daily jobs as truck drivers or quartermaster sergeants or aircraft loaders or air traffic controllers. They had typical jobs and they weren't really heroes. And the danger of viewing veterans as heroes is you can set them up as a separate employment class. You know, gee, do I really want to talk to this guy or gal or have them at my lunch table because, you know, Fred, you know, maybe they've experienced things that I haven't, I don't want to know about, you know? And so I think we have to get over the dual miss of every veteran is broken and every veteran is a hero. The basic fact is most of these young people had regular jobs that prepared them very well for the civilian workforce. Well, that leads us into the next question, Paul, which is what strengths do veterans bring to employers and why should companies and organizations hire veterans? 
The reasons are legion, but let me try to distill a few down for you. One is veterans are very much experienced in focusing on accomplishing the mission. You know, that's the whole thing in the military is to accomplish the mission. And in addition, and paired with that, is they have a commitment to hard work. You know, the Army once had a slogan, we do more by 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Let me tell you something that is absolutely right. In fact, very interestingly, Dan Sr. and Saul Singer, two authors in their book, Startup Nation, say one of the principal reasons that Israel is one of the most successful entrepreneurial nations on earth on a per capita basis is the country's compulsory military service where everybody serves. And that creates an environment for a common commitment to accomplishing the mission and an environment for hard work. That's another whole discussion in terms of a civil commitment versus military commitment. We used to do the Peace Corps. We used to do the Civilian Corps. We used to do back in the right. 30s, Conservation Corps. I was in the draft. You were in the draft. But it went away. It went away. And we've gotten away from that common experience of devoting ourselves to a common mission and in many instances, a common experience of hard, difficult work. But there's some other things too, Fred. You know, the ability to lead and function as a team. The whole military is built on the buddy system. People in the civilian world think that the military is just all about following orders. Yeah, you got to do that. But you've got to be able to pivot on a moment's notice from plans that aren't working to plans that do, because by God, Lieutenant Dillon, if your battle plan isn't working, you better figure out something that works right now because lives are at stake. So the ability to pivot on a moment's notice to a plan that works is very endemic in military experience. But I think the, this last point is perhaps the most important, Fred. And that's that for senior non-commissioned officers and for commission officers, of which I was privileged to be one, that the training, leadership training that is given to senior non-coms and commission officers in the armed forces of the United States is the best leadership training in the world. Let me repeat that the best leadership training in the world. Why? Because if you don't take care of your troops, they're not going to follow you. Yeah, it's like uh, if you're the string and they're the pencil, try pushing the pencil. Try pushing the pencil. And the whole, you know, one of the buzzwords now in leadership, you know, is servant leadership. You know, take care of your employees and your customers and profits will come. And I believe in that. But it isn't a new concept, Fred. The Army's been teaching servant leadership for over 240 years. Paul, let me ask you this, because we we spent a wonderful time here together, but I got one more question for you. What can companies and organizations do to attract and retain veterans in their workforce? That's really two different issues, attracting and retaining. Right. I think uh, the first thing that they can do, Fred, is to advertise or broadcast their desire to hire veterans. And what's important there is veterans want meaningful work to do, not make work jobs. You want to hire a veteran because they're best for the bottom line, not because it's a great thing to do to support the country. 
that's an honorable motive, but you really want to hire veterans because they're going to contribute to your profitability. I don't know very many companies today, though, Paul, that actually say, I'm going to hire veterans because I want to give a giveaway program. Their profit and loss and their boards of directors and so many quarter pennies a share. Today, it's all competitive. And so you have to go after the people that can compete, the people that are team players. You don't hire people you can't get along with and who can lead to profits. Right. And that's important. And that's why I want to emphasize that veterans more than fulfill that role. They can really add to the profitability of your company. And you can reach out to where do you find them? To veteran service organizations, military nonprofit groups. There are a lot of organizations out there that can help you find those types of people that are will help to make your company successful. You need, however, as a corporate officer, to build your cultural competency when it comes to the military. You have to understand how the military operates and some of the experiences that veterans have had. And there are many training programs to help you do that. One of them is the Psych Armor Institute that provides, the wonderful organization provides free online training to companies or organizations to get them familiar with the cultural competency of of the military. You want to make certain that your employee assistant programs, if your company has one, includes assistance that veterans might need. A very successful thing that companies have done is to create veteran affinity groups comprised of veterans, spouses of veterans, or people just interested and helping veterans and their companies to meet monthly or bi-monthly or weekly. Usually that's housed in the PR department so that veterans and not veterans interested in um, in uh, having veterans at their company can meet and iron out any problems that might exist. And I think for veterans currently working at companies, uh, they need to mentor newly hired veterans to uh, help them become a success in, the, in their uh, companies. Well, thank you, Paul. What uh, Great comments, great insight. I really appreciate it, but our time has expired. So, yeah. folks, we have been interviewing Paul Dillon, who is the CEO of Dillon Consulting Services and an adjunct instructor at the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University. Paul, thanks so much for joining our program today. Thank you so much, Fred. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for visiting with us. We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.